Welcome to the Millerville Community Church podcast of our Sunday morning sermon series, where the Word of God is always the focus of our hearts and prayers. Although we're often considered a cowboy church, we're actually a community of diverse people from many different backgrounds who have a common commitment to our Lord Jesus Christ and the Word of God. If you have questions, suggestions, and feedback you would like to share with us, please use our email service at infomillervillechurch.org. And now, here is a message from Sunday morning at MCC. I'm feeling a little different this morning. I, I don't know if it's my clothes or the stage or what it is. Um, it is great to be in the house of God and to open our Bibles again and to hear from the Lord this morning. That's why we have gathered. And it's important that uh, we do this together, that we listen to the Lord together. It isn't just about me standing up here and talking endlessly. It's about us hearing from God, and that's what we want to do today. Today we're going to pick up our Bibles, and we're going to consider one of the greatest truths that I'll ever be able to preach on, and one of the most difficult to understand. We're going to push the limits of your human understanding this morning. So I hope you had a lot of coffee because your brains are going to get stretched today and your spirit. As we get together, uh, we're going to consider what the Lord has got to say from his word and how he says it. And unless we receive help from the Holy Spirit, this isn't going to work today. We're not going to grasp what is being taught this morning by the Lord. So let's bow our heads and let us pray, and let's ask God for help this morning. Father God, we acknowledge that you have spoken in many ways in the past to many people. Jesus Christ, we have seen the evidence of your activity in this world as you have manifested the will of God on earth and in all of creation. Holy Spirit, we now ask you to bring us understanding of what all this means as we open our hearts and minds to your inspiration. Amen. Communication is a tricky thing. And uh, we try to do it every day, and we usually fail. And we have trouble communicating to another person what it is we want them to understand. Consider what's involved. In the foolishness of preaching of what I'm doing this very morning, I'm standing before you this day, and I'm putting some important thoughts that I've had into words so that I can share them with you in the hopes that you will be able to hear and understand what I'm saying And then understand what I mean. And those are different things by those words. And although we do this a thousand times a day, and with the internet we could communicate with millions of people around the world, we often fail to really understand what someone is actually saying. A popular way of attacking a person today is to use the words of what has been said in an email, in a text, in a post or a tweet, and then we take those words and we use it against that person. We take the words that they have formed to communicate what they want you to understand or the meaning they want to convey, 
And we take those words and we turn it, we twist it, and we make it mean something else, and then we re-say that and we use it as an attack against a person. Have you ever seen that? Have, have you ever been attacked that way? It's pretty hard not to be. Have you ever attacked someone that way? <laughs> it's a dangerous thing. We use that all the time. I, I bet it's happened to you more than once and will happen to you again. And we often do it because we're angry with someone. So we use their words against them. And being angry with a person is a great way of not understanding the meaning behind the words that they use. As soon as you're angry or emotional, it gets really difficult to understand the meaning of what that person intended. We all have a, a way of doing that, but there is a second way that meaning gets distorted, where you don't get the meaning of what I'm saying, and it doesn't have anything to do with your emotions. It has to do with the decline of values, of morality, of faith, of belief, and all these things as great truths as those decline in our country, the meaning of the words we use decline. And so they lack the meaning they used to have. The shared meaning that they used to have is in decline. So as our morality, as our understanding of the great truths decline, so does our distortion of understanding what other people are saying. If you don't know what a word means, of course we'll misunderstand what people are saying all the time. If someone tells you that they love you and they send that in the email, what does that mean? It could mean all kinds of things. Love can mean many things and have many implications for our lives. If we are desperate, we will read into those words something maybe that the person didn't mean for us to take from the words, I love you. If we're skeptics because we have been hurt in the past, we might miss the opportunity to connect in a meaningful way with another human being because we're not sure that we want to get involved in this love thing again. Our communication with God is suffering from the same problem. If we don't know the words that God is sharing with us and the meaning of those words that he intends for us to understand, then we will not understand what he is saying us. And as our values and our faith and our beliefs and our morality decline, we begin to misunderstand God. He has not just sent us an email, he's sent us a whole book. And in the whole book he says, I love you. But what does he mean by that? If you are desperate, you might read into that something he did not intend. If you're a skeptic, you might prevent yourself from a meaningful relationship with God Almighty. But the meaning of what he's trying to communicate to us is lost through emotions and decline of values, and we're not sure what it means anymore. I have an impossible task this morning. 
It can't be done. And I thank for Beth giving me this task. (laughs) I have to help us get past what is an unsurmountable barrier of understanding God's word. And I don't know how we're going to do it except by divine intervention this morning. There are two ways I could go after this. I can go after this in a technical way. And, I, and it is a good way of doing it, which may have been done by selecting a verse and paying attention to the very words in the scriptures. I can go back to the original languages. I can parse the historical context. I can do various forms of criticisms and understandings. And I spent a ton of money for professors to teach me how to do that. And as I work at that, it's a thing in communication when I do marital counseling and premarital counseling, we call it active listening. So when you're doing active listening, some of you are saying, yeah, I know what that is. Active listening is when you really work at listening. So right now, I want you to really work at listening. You're sitting there, you're listening and saying, I'll have one partner say something and share that. The other person's really listening, and then they have to repeat back what they heard to prove that they heard it. I did that with my children, you know. You tell your son, take out the garbage. And they said, now repeat back to me what I said. You said, go play a game. No, no, take out the garbage. And until they can repeat back those words, they haven't heard me, right? That's active listening. I get them to do that. They hear it back to me, and we go through that. Active listening can solve a lot of problems. And digging into the word and parsing it out and understanding all this is an important way of not misunderstanding what God is saying. If you want to learn more about active listening, take a precepts class. That's what active listening is you'll be able to understand clearly and say back to God exactly what he meant you to understand. But this morning I'm going to go a step beyond active listening. Understanding what God is trying to say in the Bible to us is simply grasping the points, the information shared by the Lord. And a lot of preachers when they give up, they give you a three-point sermon, which I often do. Because he wants you to get the point in active listening. But grasping the meaning and not just being able to repeat the points is a whole different thing. The meaning behind all that, behind the words, is something else. When we go for the meaning, it's more than just memorizing Ten Commandments. It's more than John 3.16 and being able to repeat it. You must also know what the words, I love you, means when God says it. It's a little different when Arnie says to me, I love you. That's not the same as when Arnie says to Beth, I love you. Or when the person at Tim Hortons hands him a coffee and he says, I love you for that coffee. When God says, I love you, it isn't the same meaning. We often say, I love you, but do you know what it means? The meaning of words are deep, they are wide, they are broad, and they have great significance. And that is why I share in Paul's prayer, 
for the Ephesians this morning. As he prayed for the Ephesians, I pray it for you as too, as we consider this great truth about God's words and his breathed words. Ephesians chapter 3, 14 to 19. For this reason, Paul says, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, MCC, according to the riches of the glory, to be strengthened with a power through his spirit in the innermost man of who you are, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints, all of us here today, what is the breadth and the length and the width, and the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to the fullness of God. And that describes the insurmountable task I have this morning. Verse 19, as you notice, it says, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. How are you to know something that surpasses knowledge? That makes no sense, does it? No. (laughs) It goes beyond knowledge. It goes beyond words. The breadth and the meaning and the length and the height and the depth of the meaning of the words of God are beyond words itself. And if we're going to be filled up to the fullness of God, we have to go beyond the words. And here's the task we have before us. The Bible is a message of God's love to you. It's a personal message. It's written for you and each one of us. It's very intimate. He's trying to convey the meaning of how he loves you in a way that you understand whether you're desperate for that kind of love, whether you're a skeptic, doesn't matter. He's trying to tell you and communicate to you the meaning, the depth, and the width, and the breadth of his love for you. He has used many people throughout thousands of years to communicate this. He has used men and women. He's passed it on down through generations, various cultures and languages. The words that he has conveyed and filled with his meaning have been distorted. They have been used against God. You thought you've been words used against you. God's word has been used against God, right? He gets the same treatment you all do, but way more. And yet the meaning of his words, the intent of his love for you that he's trying to communicate has not changed. It has remained constant message for thousands of years. His message is always the same. Although he has relayed it through so many different places, to different people, times, and cultures, the meaning has not changed. And that's why the Bible says in 2 Peter 1, 20 through 21, but know this first of all. If we're going to know something that's beyond knowledge, know this first, all right? But know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit from God. 
The Holy Spirit is trying to convey the meaning of these words to us, of love to be written, and the Holy Spirit is here today to whisper it to our hearts. If we're active listening, we may hear what is being said to us by God. But do we know what he means when God tells us, I love you, and when the Spirit whispers it to you, I love you. The Apostle Paul was moved by the Holy Spirit, and he wrote these words uh, to us and to the church and to us this morning, 1 Corinthians 2, 12 to 13. Now we have received, he says, not the spirit of the world, but the Holy Spirit who is from God, so that we may know things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but those taught by the Holy Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. In 2 Corinthians 13.3, he says that Christ speaks in him. He says this, Since you are seeking for proof of the Christ who speaks in me, and who is not weak toward you, but mighty in you. It is the same Spirit that speaks to you, that speaks to me, that is in this room right now. And this message is consistently the same. He is saying how he loves us, and his love knows no bounds. In Galatians 1.12, he said, I did not receive my gospel, Paul says, from a man, nor was I taught it but it came through a revelation of Jesus Christ. I grew up in the church. My father was a pastor. I've heard the gospel my whole life. But on the day I was saved, it was like I heard it the first time. Because I went, oh, that's what it means. You can be around something your whole life. It would be a part of your culture. You go by it every day. And you might not know what it means, what the significance of that place and that moment is. And then one day you just suddenly wake up and say, I get it. And that's what it's like when the scripture says that Paul says, I didn't learn it from mere man. I learned it as a revelation from Jesus Christ. I finally got the meaning of it, not just the words to repeat. I need a miracle this morning. Do you need a miracle? I need a miracle where you understand what all this means. I can't make it happen. No words I use today, and I have beaten my head on the desk trying to find them, will convey the meaning of what I want to translate to you. Unless the Holy Spirit shows up in this room this morning and opens our heart and our minds to grasp the meaning of what it means to hear from God, to really hear what he is saying, then we will not understand. This sermon and this Bible that we're doing must come alive with what we call the breath of God. The Holy Spirit has to whisper his love to you. We realize this in two ways, two main ways. When we suddenly realize that the words being spoken are not a general message. So when I sit down, and one day, I remember the day after I was saved, 
the, the guy who led me through the sinner's prayer told me, now the next morning, get up, pull out your Bible and start reading. said, where? Oh, it doesn't matter. Just flip it open, stick a finger in and start reading. So I did that. And I started reading. And as I began to read, it was different than any other Sunday school class or anything I've been a part of because I realized this is talking to me. It isn't a general message, a general advice, a, a book of stories. God is trying to tell me something. Even if I don't understand it, the first step is to realize this is a personal uh, conversation from God to me. And every word, every jot, every tittle, every sentence, every mark in here is God trying to tell me something. That's the first step. That's when I realize something has changed. The second way we realize the Holy Spirit is beginning to talk to us personally is when the meanings of his words strike home. I've read this book and I have verbally said, ouch, that hurts. <laughs> or I'll start crying. The meaning starts striking home and it hits me in my emotions. Sometimes I don't even know why I'm crying. I'll get up, I'll read the Word of God, and it'll just move me, and I say, why am I being so emotional about this? It makes no sense. But the meaning is coming through. I'm active listening, and then the whisper of the Holy Spirit brings the significance of it. And why is it to have an emotional experience? It's because it has an implication for who I am, how I understand myself, and everyone in the world around me. And it's a profound change when my meaning of my life begins to change. God understands you. He cares for you. And when you start reading this book, you'll begin to understand just how much he understands you and how much he cares for you. Even when he knows you so well. I've uh, told my wife uh, when I was dating, she wasn't my wife when I was dating her, she was just a cute girl at Bible college, and uh, I, w I waited for my opportunity and moved in, and I told her, I, at one point I got the nerve up, you remember those days? I want you to go back to that emotionally, when you get the nerve up to say, I love you, and you hope they say, I love you back rather than get lost. I don't want anything to do with you. It's a risky moment. And, and, and I think she said, I think I love you too. She was working that through. You are going to be a pastor, right? Yes. Well, I think I love you. She left the back door open for that one. It was very uh, uh, risky at the moment, and I wasn't sure what the implications of that is, but we began to journey together, and I realized the meaning of the words that we shared with uh, each other was greater than either one of us knew. And as the years go by, and as we celebrate anniversaries, Sandra and I realized those first words were the beginning of a lifelong journey of realizing what love is. And we're not done yet. Love of a human being is not grasped within an hour or a minute or a year or two. Could you grasp the meaning of God's love with you in a moment or in a lifetime?
It is so immense how God loves you. But he wants to show it to you. He wants you to grasp the meaning of it. He wants the implication of that in your life. When we turn to John 3.16, the Holy Spirit speaks to our heart. We realize that God loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son to die in your place for every sin you have committed so that you could have a new life as a child of God. Do you understand what that means? What does that mean to you? I have preached this. I have received it. I have based my life on it. I am going to tell you something. I have yet to understand fully what it means that the Son of God died for me upon a cross. Until I stand in heaven before the throne of God, I don't know that I will grasp the significance of what he did. 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17 says this, You, however, continue in the things you have learned. Even if you don't know everything, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of knowing for whom you, from whom you have learned them. Not from Pastor John or Beth or your mom or your dad, but from God, that God is teaching you the meaning of the words, because that's the only way you're going to get it. If the Holy Spirit doesn't convey the meaning of it, you won't get it. And that from childhood, you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture... From beginning to the end, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequately equipped for every good work. It's a powerful passage and what he's trying to tell us, even though as you grow in your understanding and the meaning of what it all means, is that go with what you've got, even if you don't understand it all. And it should give you a thirst to go even deeper to understand the greater depths and to know that you are being trained. How does God love you? He trains you. That's how he loves you. He shows you how to live a life that is glorifying to him that is good for you, and that changes the world around you, that touches lives like you never thought it could, and redeems this world from the corruption of sin. The Holy Spirit is the author of Scripture. Therefore, it is true and altogether reliable. It is powerful working its purpose in our hearts and not returning to us empty or void to the one who sent it, it is pure like silver, refined in furnace seven times. It is sanctified. It gives life. It makes wise. It gives joy and promises great reward. It gives strength to the weak and comfort to the distraught and guidance to the perplexed, salvation to the lost. The wisdom of God and Scripture is inexhaustible. The Holy Spirit breathes these words when we read them. 
so you can understand their meaning as a personal message to you. Therefore, it is a challenge, these words, a challenge made by God for you to believe. These God-breathed words demand an act of faith on your part. The Word of God dares you to redefine how you understand the world around you and even how you understand yourself. They bring meaning in the great truths of faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Do you understand what I'm saying? Did we get a miracle today? Did the Spirit speak? Have you heard from God? If you did, then we have discovered something that is more precious than any gold or silver. We have found the very source of life itself. We have heard from God. If you're still wondering, I want you to do an experiment with me. I'm going to string some pearls. So that's what we used to call it in the old days, where we take one scripture after another and we string these pearl scriptures. I want you to close your eyes and we're going to do an active listening exercise. You're going to sit there with your eyes closed and all you're going to hear is the sound of my voice. So focus on these words. These are all scriptures and I won't tell you where the scriptures are from. You can get a copy of the message later and figure that all out. I just want you to hear the words and hear the meaning echoing behind these words as the Holy Spirit whispers to you. Here we go. Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your law is truth, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we have taken refuge, would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. For this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which is also performs its work in you who believe. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to there without watering the earth, and make it bare and sprout, and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be with which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace on earth, refined seven times. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Turn away my eyes from looking at vanity and revive me in your ways. This is my comfort in my affliction, that your word has revived me. I will never forget your precepts for by them you have revived me. I am exceedingly afflicted. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. It is the Holy Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing, 
the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. And he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making the wise the simple. I have more insight than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, because I have observed your precepts. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing in the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. If your law had not been my delight, then I would have perished in my affliction. I have inherited your testimonies forever, for they are the joy of my heart. Trouble and anguish have come upon me, yet your commandments are my delight. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, in keeping them there is great reward. My soul weeps because of grief. Strengthen me according to your word. Oh, may your loving kindness comfort me according to your word to your servant. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek your statues. And that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Lord, we thank you for speaking today. We thank you for your word that was written. We thank you for Holy Spirit for whispering to our hearts. We pray, Lord, that we would respond, that we would rise to the challenge, that we would embrace the new meaning in our life, that we would receive and acquire these precepts as being the new foundation of our lives. And we pray, O oh God, that we would leave this place knowing that we are the children of God. We give you all praise and glory. And all God's people said, Amen. Go in the peace of God. And as always, if you want prayer for whatever in your life, we'll be up here to pray with you. God bless you all. You'll find a warm, relaxed atmosphere at MCC. Our Sunday service starts at 10.30 a.m. and runs till noonish. Coffee and snacks are served. Children's church and child care are available.